We all knew it was a likely possibility, but today, the Broncos made it official. So where do we go from here? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome into the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again. Hope everybody had a great holiday, great Christmas weekend, whatever holiday you were celebrating. Hope it was good. Hope you had enjoyed the time with friends, family, and enjoyed some maybe some football uh, along the way. Uh, we've got big breaking news here on the show today. I woke up this morning and I decided to take a little bit longer in terms of pushing the record button on the show. And maybe it was a good, good thing that I did because the Broncos made it official. Nathaniel Hackett fired after 15 games. We'll get into the timing of it. I think it's very important that they decided to do it this week. And where we go from here because I think there are a lot of questions I don't think it's as easy as just Nathaniel Hackett out new coaching and away we go there are a lot of things that need to be fixed there in Denver so we'll talk a little bit about that but before we do got to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. they remain your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season everything from NFL and pro and bowl season to esports you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at Bet Online. they feature live betting free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable they're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events and all you got to do is head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit just make sure to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and not the greatest Christmas present in the world for Nathaniel Hackett to get fired uh, after the game uh, yesterday, ultimately this morning, but the game yesterday in which they lost 51-14 to to Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams. And again, I don't think it had anything to do with that specific game. It had to do with the culmination of what had been happening throughout the season. It had not gone according to plan. And in order to understand the context here, and maybe many of you already have done this, but I think back to before the season. We bring in uh, one of the offensive minds there in Green Bay. Not the play caller, not the guy who was calling plays. That still was Lafleur, but we bring in a guy who was part of Aaron Rodgers' MVP seasons, was part of that offensive coaching staff. We bring him in, and we're going to pair him with a trade for Russell Wilson, which at the time you thought, man, offensive-minded head coach is going to get the scheme up Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, this defense, we feel pretty good about where the Denver Broncos are going to be. Again, I feel like we've talked about this when we've talked about the fall of a couple of teams this year, but with the Chargers, the Raiders, the Chiefs, it was going to be the, and I've used the quote before, the wild, wild west in the AFC West. That's what it was supposed to be. And we've seen ebbs and flows where the Raiders have shown, at least in small stretches of, wow, that's the team that we thought they could have been over the course of a 17, 18-week season. The Chiefs are the team that we thought they were going to be. The Chargers, they're up and down, but they are right there in the mix. They are a likely wild card team. Depending on how they do tonight, they can lock up the spot tonight with a victory over the Colts on Monday Night Football. So they are what we kind of thought they were going to be. The Denver Broncos never even showed a single flash, a single burst of the team that we thought they could be, at least completely. Because the defense, they did their part all year round. And my, one of my favorite statistics that gets thrown out and it gets refreshed and reheated each and every week. Doesn't apply to this week with the 51 burger that was dropped on them. So apologies for only bringing this up now. But it is applied in weeks past where if they would have just scored 18 points as an offense, their record would be blank. And their record would be one of the best in the National Football League, depending on the week that you, you brought up this statistic. Their defense had been playing lights out. Their defense had been playing as arguably the best defense in football. But nobody talked about it because the offense was so putrid. Russell Wilson was so bad. Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, so many things have happened over the course of this season. Do we remember the first two weeks with Nathaniel Hackett and the game mismanagement during the game into which 
going into what week three or week four, they had to bring in an outside person to be a part of the game management staff in order to help with the in-game decision making. Now, credit to Nathaniel Hackett because through the first two, three weeks, it wasn't going very well. We recognized it made a decision to help remedy the situation, but it wasn't a great first impression for a guy who had never called plays before. That's what he was now going to do as the head coach. It's his first time as a head coach. You bring in Russell Wilson, and through the first two weeks, you're struggling to make some really important game management decisions in some tight spots, and you have to now go out and get outside help. It wasn't a great first impression, and he was never able to even get out of that first impression because the offense sputtered. They had to play, what, game or two without Russell Wilson, but they have not been a good all-around complete football team at any point this season. That's a scary place to be. And now you've fired your head coach, and I think the timing is very important. I believe, and I will certainly be corrected if I if I am mistaken here, but I believe in order to be a part of the process in which you can start interviewing head coaching candidates now, you have to fire your coach by the end of this upcoming week. And so what this does, if you are a Denver Broncos fan, is it gives you a head start. You're in front of any other team that might make this decision. So the Panthers, they have an interim head coach in Steve Wilkes. They can start interviewing candidates if they want. Although, uh, let me be on the record here, that should be Steve Wilkes' job. He's got that team in the mix to potentially win a division. That isn't very good, let's be fair, but he's got them playing good, hard, tough football and beat a Lions team that had been playing very good over the last couple of weeks. And they gave them, what did Dan Campbell call it, a butt kicking? So Steve Wilkes should get that job. But if they want to go through the process and interview other people, which is their right, they're allowed to do so, they can can go ahead and do that. And now the Denver Broncos can also do that as well. But let's just let's look at some other teams. Could Houston move on from Lovey Smith? Well, they haven't done it yet, so they can't interview until that decision ultimately gets made. So what this does is it gives the Denver Broncos a leg up. If they've already got some people in mind, if they already know of certain coaching candidates that they want to get in their building, they can go ahead and do so and beat everybody uh, to the punch there. They can go out and get in front of it, start doing that process, have a leg up over other teams who maybe still are, wa- are wavering and they're waffling with their decision. They haven't made their final decision. They want to seal the rest of the season plays out. Any of those circumstances, they're ahead of those teams. They're ahead of the eight ball there. So that's the reason for the timing because a lot of people say, well, why don't you just wait for the end of the season? Well, there's a competitive advantage to doing it now. If you already know deep down in your heart of hearts, deep in your gut, you know that you're going to make this decision that Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be the guy that leads this team in 2023, then you make the move now because it gives you a leg up in this in the coaching process. So if you were still wavering, if you wanted to give him an opportunity to potentially save his job over the final two weeks, or potentially you wanted to sit with him and get a gauge because some teams will do that, right? I mean, the Giants did it with Joe Judge. The season ended. They hang. They they held on to Joe Judge for a little bit. He met with ownership, and then just all of a sudden on a random one, I think it was a Tuesday, boom, he was gone after all indications were that he was going to come back. And so some teams like to go through that process. They like to do the debrief, the, the checkout at the end of the season where they can have those conversations. So uh, the Denver Broncos, they feel very comfortable in their decision. They've decided to move on. And again, this is not a decision that this ownership made. Remember, the ownership sale happened after all of these things uh, took into place. So we'll see ultimately what they decided to do there. But from a timing perspective, you understand why they did this to give themselves a leg up. But again, how attractive is this job? You have a defense that's really good, but you have a defensive coordinator who's certainly going to get interviews. Will he get a job? Don't know. But you also don't know if he's going to want to wait around while they're, well, they don't know who the head coach is. If another team offers him a D.C. job, is Denver going to let him walk because they want to respect him and they want to give him the opportunity to, to set, his, set his future up, set his family up for future success, allow him to be comfortable and have, have stability? It's a big question mark. And I'm sure he's probably going to be interviewed for the Denver job. 
considering the job that he did with that defense. But you have coaches that are, you know, got coordinators and coaches that are going to probably be looking for other jobs as well. And that's an important thing to, to keep in mind. But how attractive of a job is it? Is it attractive when Russell Wilson's your quarterback and you are committed to that contract and there's really no getting out of it and Russell Wilson probably played the worst season of football of his entire life and it doesn't look very fixable right away and you couldn't move the ball at all on, on the offense, and Javante Williams got hurt, and you didn't have the wide receivers uh, for the entirety of the season, and your offensive line probably needs a bit of a rehaul, and you have to hope that the defense can continue to play the way that it did this season. How attractive of a job is that? Because you are walking in, if you are a, a potential head coaching candidate, and let's talk about this. Let's say you are a first-time head coaching candidate. You are a D'Amico Ryans. You are a Jonathan Gannon, a Shane Steichen, one of the two Eagles coordinators. You are a Ben Johnson, the Lions OC. You're one of those guys, right? You're a first-time head coaching candidate. These are, you're going to get interviews. This could be the first major head coaching job you land. We know how tough it is after you get one if it doesn't work to get a second opportunity. It's very difficult. You have to have some level of success to get a second opportunity someplace else. If you're Ben Johnson, if you're Shane Steichen, you're Jonathan Gannon, you're D'Amico Ryans, you list any other first-time head coach or what would be a first-time head coach, are you going to leave being the Lions OC? Are you going to leave being on the staff of Nick Sirianni and an Eagles core that's probably going to be pretty good over the next couple of seasons? Are you going to, D'Amico Ryans, you're going to leave the San Francisco team that year in and year out is competitive? You're going to leave for that opportunity to coach Russell Wilson to have to fix that? Now, you're working from, from, from the bottom, right? And so more than likely, you're going to be able to go in there and exceed expectations or at least bounce back from what this year was. But long-term success, for you to be able to have a long runway of winning and, and developing a culture and finding success and making the playoffs and making championship runs and defining your legacy as a head coach in your first run, is that the job you're going to pick? Is that the one you're going to pick? If I was any of those guys, no thank you. I don't want to try to be the guy that's got to fix Russell Wilson. I don't want to be the guy that's got to try to go in there and fix that fractured culture between you got a, a, a quarterback that kind of maybe rubs some people the wrong way. We, we've seen that. We've seen the videos of linemen, defensive players yelling at him on the sidelines. We've seen it. We saw the outburst in the game. Brett Ripon trying to come to the defense of Russ. It looked like going after the offensive line that caused some issues. Culture's got to be rebuilt. Now you could be a big culture guy. That could be your background. That could be your calling card. But but do you really want to take that on and take that kind of risk? I, I don't know if it was me. Man, if I'm Ben Johnson, give me another. You know, I'm going to hang out with Jared Goff for another year. I'm going to hang out with Jamison Williams. I'm going to hang out with DeAndre Swift. I'm going to hang out with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm going to hang out with the two first-round picks that we've got. I'm going to hang out with Dan Campbell. I'm gonna we, we finished this year pretty strong. You give us another year to build around this. Oh, boy, I'm going to stay here. You're the Eagles. You might potentially be the Super Bowl champs. You're the favorite in the NFC in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stick around with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and this defense that we're building with a GM that uh, is shown to be aggressive and is always going to keep us in a position to win. Yeah, I'm going to stay here, not take on that risk. And that's, I think, the problem is, I, I think when you look at it from that lens, and maybe I'm wrong because there's only 32 of these, right? There's only 32 jobs, and there's only going to be probably about six or seven, maybe eight jobs that ultimately become available, right? And that's normally the number that we deal with on a yearly basis is six or seven. And there's only 32 of them, and there's only going to be a couple of them available. Maybe they jump at the opportunity. But if it's me, if I'm one of these guys, man, I like the spots that I'm in now. I like the area that I'm in. I like the spot that I'm in. I would just hang out where we're at. And so with that in mind, I think it's going to be a lengthy process here for Denver. I think they're going to have to look for somebody who feels that they can work with Russ, that feels like they can overhaul this culture pretty well. I think it's going to have to be somebody that's pretty well-traveled, that has been to maybe one or two different spots and has seen teams undergo culture shifts and understands 
you know, what it takes in order to rebuild the trust among that room. I, that, to me, is going to have to be the direction that they ultimately go in. N- n- names that that might – I mean, Sean Payton feels like an answer, but is he really going to want to sign up for, for Russell Wilson? That doesn't feel right. But that's the kind of guy I'm talking about, a guy who is well-traveled, right, has been a head coach for an extended period of time. But any one of these coaches that's going to take this on knows that they are doing so taking on Russell Wilson. And there's always going to be one person out there who thinks they're going to be the person that can get through to Russ and fix it, and it's just one bad year, and we're going to put him in a position to succeed. We're going to call plays a little differently. And there might be some truth to that, that just from a better play-calling perspective, the Broncos can marginally get better and be able to put up a little more points. And that might be able to get them through the short term. And then long term, they're going to have to figure out these problems with Russ because it doesn't just start and end with the play-calling there. So I'm fascinated by this entire coaching search. you know, I think we all anticipated that this was going to happen, that they were going to move on from Nathaniel Hackett after year one, but figuring out what kind of – because they're certainly going to be interested in these these young, um, first-time offensive minds, right? A Ben Johnson, uh, a Shane Steichen. Those are going to be the guys that they're certainly going to look at, but I wonder if those, those types of coaching candidates are going to be interested uh, in that type of job. I think it's going to have to be somewhat of a retread. I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but just somebody who's been around the block a couple of times, has seen some culture changes uh, happen, knows how to navigate those waters, and, and feels that they are the right person to be able to, to help Russ and, and build, put this team in the right direction because they've got a very good defense. And so if they're able to just get somebody in there that's able to calm the waters and just get them pedaling in the right direction on offense, they don't have to be setting world records in the pool, in the Olympic pool, but as long as we can be we be swimming in the right direction instead of going backwards, instead of just treading water, uh, then there's you know marginal progress that can be made that can set this team up for success. So I'll be keeping a very close eye on this. Again, not surprised at the news, not surprised at the timing. It gives the Broncos a big competitive lev- leg up. Uh, that's going to do it for the Monday edition of the show. Got a big one tonight. Uh, the Chargers can lock up a playoff spot with a win here on Monday Night Football. We got a mock draft. Jamie Eisner uh, wrote round one. I believe he and the rest of the staff are teaming up, the writing staff at least, on round two. So we'll talk about that later in the week and everything else that happens between now and then that might impact the playoff picture race. Uh, Mike White back for the New York Jets. Don't think I'm not thinking about that. That opens the door a little bit with the way some of the losses uh, came down this weekend. So we will be keeping an eye on all the news that can be late breaking and can set us up for another fun weekend in the NFL. Hope everybody enjoys Monday Night Football tonight. Make it a great Monday. Thanks as always to Bet Online for the continued support of the show. Have a good one. I'll talk to you all tomorrow.